Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and glory to God. Now, let's just get into the word uh, this morning. Right. Um, where do we read? Daniel. Let's read the book of Daniel, chapter 6, uh, verse 10. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he has done previously. Let's pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for the word we have read. And Father, thank you for speaking to us through these words. May the words that I utter and speak this morning be pleasing unto you. May they bring you honor and glory. And for those who are listening to these words diff uh, through different platforms uh, at different times, I pray that may they find the answers to their questions, but not only that, may they get their breakthroughs through this word. May these words carry the power of God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, Amen. and hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I am not going to give you a title for starters. I'll give it to you at the end, but I'll start with the question, how to stand in grace? I'm going to try and answer that. So it's, that's not the title of the message. Let's just preach, and maybe as we preach, we can come to a title of this message. But the intention of this message really is to try and help you uh, understand or give you an answer on how to stand in grace. Because you are now standing, you are now a child of God, you are now born again. If you are not born again, this also applies to you because we'll lead you to Christ, then you can start right here. Amen. Hallelujah. But so it's designed to just uh, help you to understand that even under grace, you still need to stand. There are certain things you still have to do to stand in grace. The grace of God is freely available to all of us. It's available, but you need to do your part in order to benefit from the grace of God. Amen and glory to God. Now, I read from Daniel chapter 6, uh, verse 10. Um, I'm going to use this text really just to uh, support what I want to uh, discuss uh, this morning. I believe in preaching from the whole uh, book. Um, I'm not an Old Testament preacher or a New Testament preacher. I preach the whole uh, counsel of God, and I preach all kinds of subjects, and hence I'm reading from the book of Daniel. So it's also important that we read from the Old Testament. It's imperative, hallelujah, and glory uh, to God. Now, where we read really Bazalwane, you'll understand that uh, when you read from verse 1 of chapter 6 that um, Daniel in exile, he was set up already now, or he was already positioned to be given more power and more influence and more responsibility. In other words, he was set for promotion. He was set for elevation. He was set for increase. He was set to become somebody of significance. But he needed to do something in order for him 
to remain in that position or to stand in right standing with uh, God. Amen. So the grace has been released basically for him to become somebody of significance. However, as soon as people discovered and became aware, in other words, his colleagues became aware of what was going to happen in his life. In other words, that he's going to be promoted, he's going to become a big shot, he's going to become their senior. So what he, what they did, his colleagues, they said, we need to sabotage this. We need to make sure that this man, he does not rise. This man does not uh, become what he has been set to become. In other words, already there's a position made for you in order to stand in righteousness in the things of God. But the enemy does not want that. He'll want to sabotage. So they wanted to sabotage this man. They looked and uh, schemed and strategized to say, you know what, this guy is faithful. This guy is trustworthy. This guy is meticulous. This guy is hardworking. This guy, there's no flaw when it comes to his duties. When he comes to work ethics, he comes second to no one. He's a hard worker. We can't sabotage. Now, Bazalwane, the first thing you need to be aware of this morning, even if you work hard, you do right things, you, there'll always be those who wants to sabotage. Hence, you need the grace to stand. So that is why after you have done all to stand, you need to remain uh, standing. So this Daniel had done everything. But already there were people plotting to bring him down. So the fact that you're doing things right does not mean the devil is happy. And those years are signed. They are already plotting to bring you down. So it's very, very, very important to take this message uh, seriously that it's for you. Don't say, I'm not, I fast, me, I do this and this. That's not good enough because the enemy is always prowling around looking for somebody that he might devour. So you need to be aware of that, that you that probably already you are a target. So I'm talking to this type of a person. So Daniel, people were plotting to bring him down. pants. They didn't want him to prosper. They didn't want him to succeed. And they say, we'll find nothing in the natural really in terms of flaws. This is the guy. He's perfect. But one said to them, no, guys, there is still something we can use here. Let's aim for his religion. Let's aim for his relationship with God. Let's aim for his fellowship with God. Let's aim for that one. If we aim for that one, we'll definitely get him. And hence, they went to the king and said, can you make new rules in this country? that anyone who worships any other being, anyone who worships any other divine person, anyone who worships any human being or object or anything besides the king, let this person be dealt with accordingly. Let this person be punished. Hallelujah and glory to God. And that thing pleased the king. The king was not aware of the plot. Hallelujah. But the Bible says when Daniel knew that there's a document that has been signed and this document has a negative impact on his life and his soon-to-be uh, promotion, he continued doing what he has always done. The Bible says in verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document has been signed, he went to his house. Yeah? He went to his house had windows in his upper chamber open 
towards Jerusalem. Uh, good preachers, seasoned preachers, uh, articulate preachers can give you a sermon right on this one about windows facing Jerusalem. I tell you, they will sweat. You know, the windows are facing Jerusalem. Hallelujah. I'm saying the windows facing Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And then, you know, the, they'll continue on that line only, you know. Hallelujah. And people will be falling on the ground. And, you know, I'm not that one. Amen. God has gifted me differently. So let me go where I need to go here. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Hallelujah. So don't say I didn't talk about the windows in Jerusalem, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Just look on the internet. You'll find a sermon on that aspect. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he has done previously. Uh, in the New Living Translation, this verse, verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law has been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual, underline as usual, in his upstairs room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God, as he has always done. All right, I'm learning three important words here, or, or I'm picking up three important uh, key words for our message uh, this morning. Hallelujah. One, consistency. Two, commitment. Three, courage. So I'm just going to discuss or talk along those three ways. They are not written in the scriptures, but they are in there. I see them. I, when I look at this verse, I see them. Just like I see the windows facing Jerusalem, um, I'm also seeing a, a, a consistency, commitment, and courage. And I just want to talk along those lines and glory to God. Amen and amen. So we need to understand the power of grace first and, and foremost. So the grace has been released, and because of grace has been released, released, just be aware that there'll be people who are going to try to sabotage you, but you have to be consistent, you have to be committed, and you have to take courage. Because when Daniel heard or learned that this is what's about to happen, he did not get discouraged. He did not stop. He, didn't, he, he continued as always. That's so important. So what happens around you should not dictate your level of commitment. It should not influence how committed you are to God. Hallelujah. And it should not discourage you. So the fact that there's coronavirus around us, we should not be discouraged as children of God, of God for example. We should not be discouraged. Actually, we should be even more motivated because of what's happening around us. Hallelujah. So our environment should not dictate how we respond. Amen. But the word of God should dictate how we respond to what's happening around us. Amen. Because it was the grace of God that raised us from the air sheep. Because God had something special for us. God can just take us from the deep muddy clay to just come and dump us. He had a greater plan. 
So for you to remain standing, you have to remember that it was grace and it will continue to be grace. And therefore, you need to appreciate the, the issue or the aspect of consistency. That it was because of your consistence that grace finds you. It was because of your commitment that grace found you. It was because of your courage that grace found you. And it will take those three for grace to continue to operate in your life. Remember, the grace of God has been revealed to all people. When I say all people, everyone, even those who don't experience grace, it has been revealed. But, it, yeah, the problem is these three ways. Hallelujah. And it's a free, it's a free gift, really. It's, we don't have to do much, but we have to do these three things. So God wants us to consistently rely on him. That's number one. Those who like numbers. I just discovered sometimes the sermons where I use numbers, uh, we tend to have more uh, better response. Amen. So those who like numbers, that's number one. <laughs> you have to be consistent. Amen. And in this consistency, we are talking about consistently relying on God. That's number one. So I'm not talking like a motivational speaker. They are fine in the context they're talking from. I'm talking from the context of scriptures here. You have to be consistent or consistent in your relying on God. I rely on God. You must rely on God. We all rely on God. However, we must be consistent in that. The problem with uh, today's generation and today's uh, Christians, we are not consistent when it comes to relying on God. We only rely on God when it suits us. When it does not suit us, we stop relying on God. Like now we are having this uh, virus all around us. We are no longer relying on God. We are now relying on what medical experts are saying. We are now relying on what the government is saying. We are now relying on everybody besides God. The fact is, it's out there, this coronavirus. It's some way it has become so close. And therefore, my relying on God must be even more consistent. I must say, God, I have relied on you before corona, and this corona is not going to shake that. I'm going to be consistent. I am going to rely on you. Whether there's corona or there's no corona, I rely on God. Whether I'm rich or poor, I am going to rely on you. Whether I'm hungry or full, I am going to rely on you. Whether, whether I'm up or I'm lowly, it does not matter. I am going to rely on God. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. But he says also, it's not like I need a gift from you uh, and etc. But I have learned to be in need and I have learned to rely on God when I was in need. And when I'm full, I have also learned to rely on God. He says, in all situations and circumstances, I rely on God. And I'm saying today, we as children of God, let us be consistent 
in our relying on God. Rely on God consistently with no variation. After all, God is light. There is no variation in him. Those who come in here to him must realize that God does not change. Even if our situation and circumstances change, God remains God. He remains light. He remains the provider of life. He remains who he is. And therefore, our relationship with him must remain consistent because there is no need or there is no excuse not to be consistent when it comes to relating to God. Look at Daniel. He had all reasons to stop, but he continued as usual. That's very important. That is imperative. That situations are going to change, but you must be consistent. Like Daniel did here. They were about to... <laughs> he knew what was waiting for him. If you know the story, lions were waiting for him. He was going to go into the den of the lions. But he was consistent. So number one, learn that, that you have to consistently rely on God. Tell the situation, tell the enemy, tell those who are sabotaging you that my God will deliver me from the situation. My God will deliver me. Let's say you have already contracted the coronavirus. My God will deliver me from this virus. If it has not come your way as yet, my God will protect me from this thing in the name of Jesus. Yes, people are getting it around me. Yes, they are dying. But my God will deliver me. We have to be consistent. I in the process because you have to rely on God just like in the good times you know in the good times you can't wait to say hey pastor pastor I have a testimony I want your testimony during this tough time be consistent with your testimonies hey hallelujah I'm not saying things are not there I'm saying the way you rely on God must be consistent. Yes, like Daniel was. He was facing the den of lions, but he was consistent. It says he went as usual to his room and he prayed there. Oh, with the windows facing Jerusalem. I know you like that part. Hallelujah. And he prayed as usual. Guess, guess what? Not complaining. The Bible says he was giving thanks to God. Be consistent in your giving of praise, of giving thanks to God. Be consistent. Even when the situation does not allow you to be thankful, just say, Just be thankful at any given time. Be consistent. Some of you, you only praise God when there's bonus or when there's a promotion, but when there's sabotage looming over your head, there's no praise anymore. You start complaining. Be consistent. Hallelujah. And glory to God. We are doing well, actually. Let's move on because I won't finish here. All right. So be, and then also maybe, let me just add this one. Be consistent, okay, when it comes to your devouring or a, a, a reading of the word. Be consistent with that. Amen. Maybe let me get you a scripture, Joshua 1 verse 8 quickly. Let me read it. This book of the law shall not uh, depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
All right. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Look, God already has determined that you are going to be success, uh, successful. But he wants you to be focused on his word. Consistently. He says here, this word or this book of the Lord should not depart from your mouth. Day and night you must meditate on it. This is consistency. So Daniel was consistent in his prayer life. But it means he also knew the word because he gave thanks. He never complained. So you have to learn from such people that you have to be consistent in, 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 when it comes to the word. Don't just read the word when it pleases you. Because some of you, I know now, I'm talking to other people now here. Uh, so some of you, you have become so consistent now because of what's happening around you, because it's tough. You have remembered God. You have found God. And things are going to be fine in your life. Things are going to be great in your life. Then you forget God. You go back to your old ways. It doesn't work like that. Because things are tough now, you love God. Even when they are good, you have to be consistent. Continue loving God. Let not situations control you. Hallelujah. Amen. But for you to be consistent, there's something you need to be aware of. Con consistency dictates that you become a committed person. There's another one. Get number two. Number two, you must be committed. Before I focus on how I put it here on my notes, let me just uh, revisit uh, our vault here and just say, I have said or preached before on commitment, and uh, the emphasis was that commitment is not for sale. Commitment will never be sold. Uh, commitment is not free. It comes from within. Yes, and I'm asking and challenging you, if you're going to be consistent like Daniel was, it's going to take high levels of commitment. No bribe can help you. No breakthrough can help you. No, no, no prosperity can help you here. No healing can help you. You have to make that conscious decision that I am going to commit. Hallelujah. Because you think the circumstances around you will dictate your level of commitment. No. It must come from within. Because you'll never find situations or circumstances that are conducive enough for you to be committed. You'll have to dig deep all the time to remain committed. I have to dig deep all the time to remain commitment, uh, committed. It is not easy. But the more committed I am, the more consistent I become. So they don't, you can't do the other and leave the other. They come together. They are a pair. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't want to be talking about uh, those. You know, uh, for example, this is what we are learning now. Uh, no offense to anyone on this planet, really. But at the moment, when it comes to the church front, at least here in South Africa, I don't know many other parts of the world, is the pastors who continue to be committed now to the things of God. People are backtracking a little bit. They're beginning to, I'm, I'm challenging you, be committed. We used to have bands. We used to have singers. People have backtracked now. People are concerned about things. They are no longer as committed. And now the poor man of God is now found working alone doing the things of the Lord. Where is that commitment? You were on the payroll just because now there's corona, there's no longer a pay for you. You have backtracked. 
you'll have to say kulungile mfundisi besithula sonke before shumayela bengudlala elipiano i'll continue working with you and this is not in the context of our church we don't have that problem i'm just saying that's what i'm seeing out there that now because the situation is like this i'd rather stay at home but you were fighting for the stage at some point when things were great. You were fighting to be the one taking offering. Now you are sitting at home. You don't even offer a cent now. You have folded your hands, but you used to fight for the microphone to be the one pushing others. You must give. You must give. Now the reality has set in. You have to dig deep to be committed in your giving because it's no longer easy for anyone. It takes levels of commitment to continue or to be consistent. We are consistent because we are committed, not because it's conducive. It is not conducive. Maybe let me put it this way. I'm also risking my life coming to preach here. I don't know where these people have been. We are wearing our mask. We are sanitizing. We are doing everything. At the end of the day, it's more like, you know what? The work of God must continue. Hallelujah. Because you're going like, you know, it's, uh, it's where he's standing. No, I'm just like you. And they're just like me. We all have to just take high levels of commitment to say we have to continue working for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And glory to God. So commitment goes together with consistency. Yeah, so be consistent in your devo uh, devotion and fellowship with God the Father. Don't vary whatsoever, but that will require you, will dictate high levels of commitment. Be committed in standing in grace by constantly praying. For you to be committed, it will require you to pray. For Daniel to be consistent, he had to go down on his knees three times a day to pray. Hence, his devotion to God could not be shaken. So this is a time where you continue doing what you used to do before this thing came. In other words, continue praying. If you are the person who is into fasting, continue fasting. This is not There's nothing in the fridge. Continue fasting even when there's no food in the fridge. Hallelujah. I get right now fast. Continue fasting. Hallelujah. Amen. And glory to God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why am I saying this? Favor in business, for example, is reserved for those who are committed and consistent. Just like Daniel was consistent in his prayer life. Hence, he succeeded because after you read the story, by the way, in Daniel chapter 6, you'll begin to see he was promoted. He was exalted. It took the consistency. If you are going to see promotion or elevation in your career or your business or in your education, you will have, listen to this, you have to be consistent in reading your books, going to your business. I'm not talking about that aspect. I'm talking about the aspect your prayer here of the word, that when it's tough like this, don't say, now I need to put 24 hours in my business. No. Before this, how many hours were you putting in prayer and the word? You can't sacrifice that. Continue doing what you used to do when it comes to prayer and the word. Then put more hours. You rather chop off hours from somewhere else, but not from your prayer life. Hallelujah. 
if you were used to be a giver or you used to be a tither, no, cut elsewhere and be consistent. As you do that, you'll begin to experience favor that you have never experienced before. But what we do when, we, when we, things are tough, we start to cut off around the house of God. You start saying, no, I don't have time to go to the house of God. I must put a little bit more students in particular. When it's exam times, you go like, I don't have time. It's only two hours to come to church. You're not consistent. You have been consistent all along. You, you were the one singing or playing keyboard or whatever. Now it's exam times. You don't have time. Really? Cut off time elsewhere and be consistent in the things of God. And glory to God. And I'm praying and I'm asking God that may he help us, all of us, to be consistent and committed. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Because this favor, this grace, is reserved for the consistent and committed. I can tell you now, Daniel, listen to me carefully. Daniel was set for promotion. I can tell you now. If he had stopped praying and giving thanks as he always done, they'll have gotten him. And then he'll have missed out on the promotion. He knew his promotion does not rely on compromising his values. You don't have to compromise who you are in Christ to win in tough times. You have to continue being who you are. They're saying, where are the people or the men of God who are praying for the sick during corona? What, what? And I still pray for the sick. If you are having a fever, I'll pray for you. I'm not scared of fever because I'm not the healer. I have to be consistent. The Bible says, of course, uh, the regulation says I must not lay hands, but yes, I have Bluetooth prayer if you don't know it. I call it Bluetooth, okay? From a distance, we can speak the word over your life and say, be healed in Jesus' mighty name. And then we are rebuking that fever right now in your life. May the fever go away in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Because we are not going to be threatened by any virus on this planet. We have to be consistent in our faith, in our devotion to God. I believe in God. I'm not going to be shaken now because there's something. I'll just speak the word. And if I speak the word, the challenge, challenge in front of me must go, must honor and respect the word of God. It must go in Jesus' mighty name. In fact, if you read the Bible carefully, you will learn that Jesus went to the house where Peter came from, and Peter's mother had a fever, and Jesus rebuked the fever, and the fever went away. And we are saying, even today, we can rebuke any fever. By the way, you need to be aware of this. During that time, when Peter's mother had a fever, there were other people who had fever. Jesus did not rebuke the fever everywhere. So now continue having testimonies in my space and in my own context. Our church members, I tell you now, in Jesus' mighty name, we rebuke the fever in your life. And those who are listening, we rebuke the fever in your life in Jesus' mighty name. Let it go in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, because the Bible dictates and commands us to be consistent and to be committed to the word of God. Sometimes we look like fools, but we will do what the word instructs us. Hallelujah. 
Why should I rebuke fever because you have medical aid and you have taken medication and I know that your medication is going to help you? I rebuke it now. When the circumstance is not conducive, when we know that there's no a cure out there, but we are saying Jesus is the healer. And we trust him and we believe that he heals even today. No man of God heals anyone, but Jesus heals and he honors those who are committed to his word, who will speak the word even when it is not conducive. And glory to God. Amen. So we have to really understand that we need to be consistent. Because now I know, after, you know, but the only, um, let me be out of order a little bit. I like being out of order. It's all deliberate. And nobody must try to call me into order. I like being that. The only people who are really <laughs> uh, consistent are those who like collecting offering in churches. Even now, when you go to sermons, that has not changed. That one I know. They, they, don't, they can miss everything in church, not offering time. We are the only ones who are missing it at the moment. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, I had uh, 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 the late uh, Ravi Zacharias actually sharing a, a, a joke uh, about uh, preachers. And he says <laughs> the plane was about to uh, crash, okay? And people were panicking. And they knew that there was a man of God in the plane. Hallelujah. And they went to the man of God. They said, man of God, can you say something so that this situation can change? And the man of God stood up and said, shh. And he says, <laughs> he raised an offering, basically. <laughs> As the plane was crashing, he says, <laughs> he says bring your tithe and offerings. <laughs> so the joke is, you give a pastor any chance. Very soon, he'll go for your tithe and offering, amen. Of course, I think they did crash after all. Hallelujah. That's the only consistent thing that we tend to be. When it's tough like this, we don't say, this thing must not crash. <laughs> we rather go for the other one, no. But we have to be consistent, amen. amen. And glory to God. I hope you like my joke, amen, that I got. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to be consistent beyond that, okay? Beyond the collection of tithe and offerings and honor every single Wait, amen and hallelujah amen. and glory to God. In fact, I heard they say some of these guys were really serious collecting offerings and tithes. They're saying, you have the corona, you're going to die in a couple of days. Leave us with the money, we have better things with it. <laughs> so that's the reason why they're collecting it. Amen, hallelujah. But you know what? <laughs> we have to be consistent with the things of God. If we believe God heals, let's continue on that. Let's believe that in conjunction with the other things. Amen and glory to God. Amen. So today we have to make a commitment as I close the message, okay, to overcome this checkered spiritual life, the on and off, the up and down, the firing cold and the firing hot. In fact, the Bible says you are lukewarm, and if you are lukewarm, the Lord is not pleased with that. So that is why you have to be consistent and committed so that you can be hot for Jesus. Being hot for Jesus. So I'm teaching you about the grace to be hot for Jesus. In other words, to be on flames, to be on fire for Christ. When there's a cold around you today, you can be on fire for Christ. When there's a cold attacking you, you can still be on fire for Christ. 
When your health is being attacked, you can remain on fire for Christ. When your wealth and your bank balance is being attacked and you still be on fire for Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Daniel was on fire for, uh, uh, really nearly said for Christ, but he was because the Bible is all about Christ after all. He was on fire. No environment dictated how he should live his uh, uh, faith. Hallelujah and glory to God. So I'm here to say during this time, during these difficult times, show them flames. Babonse mullo, bonsa satane mullo, bonsa baba batangho sabotacha mullo wa Jehovah. Let them see flames everywhere. Don't cave in uti agia fan. Aikunte fanayola. We can show our generation the fire, the flames of God. After all, Jesus says, there's going to come a time where you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But listen to this, with fire also. So we are baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We are people of fire. We are people of flames. Hallelujah. So we have to be hot for Jesus consistently. We have to be committed to the fire of God. You can't say, no, now I have to. You are not called to be frozen or to be cold, you must be on fire. Show the devil flames. Eric is saying here nicely, show corona flames. Show it flames. And by the way, it's scared of flames. In Jesus' mighty name. And be consistent. There are some people you know, they're so true servants of God. When you meet them, and in a few hours you meet them, they're true devil worshippers, literally. I'm saying be consistent with the true man of God aspect. Amen. A true believer. Be consistent. Never go up and down like Ube. Consistent. Hallelujah. It's not an easy thing because it requires high levels of commitment that no one can sell to you. You can't buy it. You have to dig deep. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So in closing, therefore, together with being constant and committed, you have to be courageous. It takes courage. Some of the declarations we made in the sermon, it took courage. Yes, I could be in trouble after the sermon that you are misleading people. But I have to be courageous. Yes, I'll have to live with the consequences. Yes, Hallelujah. Do you, do you hear what I'm trying to say? Yes. Good. We say there's no cure. You're telling people that God heals. What should I say yes. when the Bible say by his stripes we are healed? Yes. Should I rewrite the Bible? I can't. I just have to declare this and say, if I end up in trouble, let it be for the word of God. Yes, it takes courage to believe the word of God. But the same courage is the one that makes you experience grace. Because our generation might never know that God heals unless somebody stands up and says he heals. Unless some of us say in our church, we are not going to have this thing. It must go in Jesus' mighty name. We are going to be sitting with the problem. Somebody must be courageous to believe the word of God. Hallelujah. When it's tough, when it's getting closer now, going to it's closer whereby you go like, I, you know, because it's getting closer and closer, and you're going like, I, Mudim, isn't it time to revise Isaiah 53 now? Eh? I'm the Lord that heals you, but you are getting sick and sick. But it takes courage to believe the scripture. Hallelujah. It takes courage. Yeah, it takes courage. 
So be consistent and be committed. And guess what? Be courageous. When you are courageous, you are dealing with fear in your life. And then the absence of fear in your life is called faith. And if you have the faith of God in your life, you will say to that mountain before you, be thou removed in Jesus' mighty name, and it will be removed. Be courageous. Be committed. And be consistent. If you are going to stand in grace, you will have to be courageous also. I just did not get the opportunity this morning to talk on the aspect of courage. So I'm going to stop the sermon right here, actually. So the sermon is not complete. I'm just stopping because of time. God allows us another day. I know it's not next week. God has never allowed me to repeat sermons. So it's not going to be next week. I've told people I will continue. I struggle to do that. Another day we'll talk about courage. But the point is three things. You have to be consistent in your relationship with God. Be committed to, uh, to your relationship with God. And it takes courage to do what the word says. It takes courage to follow the instructions of the word. But if you do that, you'll experience grace every time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And glory to God. Let's see.